And we ought not to overlook the flight of the birds. We didn't have it last year, and I, for one, missed it desperately. <laughs> and I know your wife missed the children dressed in feathers and such. I am fond of it. it's fun gotta remember it's fun <laughs> this is film sack oh sure Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Film Sack. This is Film Sack, mining the very depths of film entertainment since back in 2009. Mm. And for all mankind. Hi, I'm Scott mm-hmm. Johnson. Today is episode 353, and I am joined by Brian. I think the pianist might be special, Dunaway. Oh, he's so special. Oh, hi, hi. fellow village sackers. What manner of spectacle has attracted your attention so splendidly? I had to carry it in my pocket to help me sack. And to do other pocket things. Mm. Who came upon this? Randy, did you inappropriately fondle this Shyamalan? <laughs> Who has done this heinous act? Scott Ibbett. The movie we do not speak of has not breached our borders in many years. For some, never. We are not. We do not go into its plot holes. And it does not come to our homes and give us face spankings. <laughs> like that one scene where Adrian Brody took a, a nasty... A slaps to the face to a spanking. That is a face thirsty for slaps, I'm telling you. <laughs> it's a truce. Yet, here we are, sacks in hand. We are grateful for the time we have been given. Yeah. Very nice. Randy, read us your notes. <laughs> uh, all right. So far, if I was coming into this cold, I still wouldn't know what the movie is. I like this. I'm enjoying this. Uh, up next, no, we, no have, spoilers. we have Randy. Careful, you're holding the bad color, Jordan. Aloha, Scott, Brian, Brian. Hi. Randy. My thanks belongs to you folk <laughs> for this manner of spectacle in which we are speaking on our recent shared experiences, receiving a great bounty of entertainment. Why Elder Dunaway hath bemoaned the length of the experience, and Elder Ibbett did so humorously, and you know how much we require such levities here given our broken and tragic histories but i shall not belabor this exercise for it is scott forth johnson smithson's turn to lead us in further dedications the end ah i was so (laughs) glad you did the note reading thing that That was was, perfect it's almost like uh, you guys planned that that's crazy yeah yeah you know what's even crazier than that when that lady stood up and get went who wrote this note yeah (laughs) she likes to do that what do you uh, think? With there's, this... there's 40 people in the whole world, exactly. and they're all in the room. Yeah, exactly. they're I all right there. I think it was there. somebody in this room. <laughs> Every night's a murder mystery night at that place. Uh, with us finally, Brian, nice rat suit, Ibit. Oh, it sure was. Uh, this is Fly Tower to American Airlines 63-Niner. You're heading towards a no-fly zone. Over. Oh, you're a new pilot to these parts, you say? Oh, okay, let me break it down. You've got that animal preserve in about uh, hitting 190. That's owned by some eccentric billionaire that wanted to ensure some privacy, so he pays us excessive amounts of money to keep our planes from flying over it. Over. 
Yes, well, it also means we can't fly closer than 100 miles in any direction because they'd pretty much be able to see our planes in the distance, too. Over. No, it won't be forever. Well, the way I figure it, we've only got one more generation before the whole gene pool starts to fold over itself like an origami pterodactyl. Over. Love it. That's pretty good. And, you know, I hadn't even thought about how they were going to... I mean, because they started with, what, six couples, five couples, and then... Uh, it, they they four, started four with couples, like right? yeah, they started with four couples, and there's like right. eighty people there. And yeah. I'm like, how many kids did they have? That's yeah, pretty weird. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't like that. One of them was uh, one of them was Zuckerberg or a freaking. Uh, the oh, he Eisenberg. was my favorite. Eisenberg. Yeah. I keep saying yeah. Zuckerberg. Stumper. He played Zuckerberg in that he movie. Played Zuckerberg. Eisenberg played Zuckerberg. Sure, as yeah. always. Uh, he the was the, he was the stump stander. Right. My yeah, he totally team. was. He didn't do much in this movie, but I guess back in. Whatever year this was, we didn't know him very well. 2004. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he was new. Uh, it's The Village, everybody. M. Night Shyamalan's The Village, his follow-up to Signs, the last good movie he did until <coughs> Splice. What? or what? Not Slice. <laughs> what is it? Slip, Slap, Slippy, Slicey? It, it is. Switch. No, it's Split, split. because split. it's Split Personalities. Yeah. Right. And right. I disagree with your assessment this was the last good movie before then. Well, explain. Yeah, I would, I would, okay, what's the other one? Oh, the elevator deal. Well, yeah. elevator deals is is really enjoyable, but I'm going to argue that people probably should appreciate Lady in the Water more than it's appreciated. Is that? Oh, was that after? Was that after it was this? Such a slog, man. Lady in the Water felt like. And what was this you enjoyed, Ibit? <laughs> this week, what did you enjoy this week's banquet? You know, yeah, no, I'm not going to argue. It, it, uh, it felt like less of a slog than Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water just felt so slow and and underpaced. Mm. This at least, you know, the first time you see it, you go, "Oh, wow, right. I'm so shocked!" And then the second time, it's like, "Okay, well, let me start piecing these things together." Well, how come this happens? Yeah, oh, and how I come could, this happens? I mm. could explain the entirety of Lady in the Water in like two sentences. Mm-hmm. Sweet. And and a movie like Unbreakable or The Village, it it's got a lot to unpack, right? You mm-hmm. can't just sure. You can't just right. explain like, yeah, Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water would have been a fine little short film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. A, it, sometimes right. that's what his movies feel like to me. The Again, the post signs ones, they all feel like short film experiences and they're just too long for that. Considering um, this is an only an hour and 48 minutes, I swear people always say it's like two and a half hours. No, it's just an hour and 48. <laughs> no, it really, is. Right. It really isn't it's that true. long. It totally feels like it. Yeah. So, yeah. are we well, saying the problem, that, that... the problem is the good part of the village is the first hour five? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. And, right hour in. Yeah. And then the last 40 minutes are, are just bad and you can't like. It's okay if the last ten minutes are bad, right? You mm, might you right. might feel like okay, well at least that's over. But when when the good part ends and you still have most of an hour to go, uh, I'd like to take well, wait, umbrage wait. What's, with what's that. The, what ahead. is the turn for the bad time? Like when does it? Yeah, when does it uh, turn? When um uh uh Ron Howard's daughter is shown the yeah. the Agreed. suits. That's Agreed. Up to that point, oh, yeah. Up to that point, it's a great film. Oh no! Let's back that truck up and park it. <laughs> I don't think this is ever a good movie. I think this is mm-hmm. a bad movie from top to bottom. Now, I need to make Ooh. I need to make nope. a, a a disclaimer here that I the the movie I saw before this was perhaps my tied for second favorite movie of all time. <laughs> Blade Runner 2049. I freaking loved it. So it begins, people. And so it begins. Yeah, this is. Remember Mad Max? This is going to be even worse. Everyone remember this moment because this is when it starts. 
I loved that movie. I think it's a modern classic. I can't say enough about it. So so there's a problem when you see that and then you roll into shit called no, The Village. On. Dude, no, The look, Village look. is bad. And you look, can't I can't say, okay, you're going to have to define for me what facet because this movie is many facets and you all cannot the facets, tell me all that facets. the visuals are not beautiful. You cannot tell me that the music is not beautiful. No, you can't I can, tell, I can me tell you this. Some of the scenes are greatly acted. You can't tell me a lot of that stuff, so it's got to be something else. What makes this movie The only shite? one, The only one I agreed with you on there is the music. I actually think the music's great. It's really good. It's what's-his-name Howard again. You didn't think again. it was beautiful? Oh, it was lovely. It was great. I loved it. Was beautifully it. shot. Yeah. yeah. No, you mean the film itself? Eh. Yes. Eh. There's a and there's a bunch of stuff uh-huh. in this there's a bunch of stuff in this film that shows you just what a great cinematographer uh, M Night Shyamalan is like he has mm-hmm. this he has this sense for Vision. what you where, what you put in a shot and where you put it that's just uh, amazing mm-hmm. like it, it, instead of films I've, I realized I've gotten really used to movies where the cinematography is you take a bunch of shots of different things and then you use the ones that end up being really good whereas this right. is like Every shot, you're looking in a window. You're looking across a porch. You you have these things, like like it was constructed, almost like they set a camera down and then went and made the shot out in front of it. Like mm-hmm. we're gonna erect a bell and we're gonna put it on top of a uh, you know a plinth right just out here. So that we can, and, right, just so that we can gonna, shoot around it. Yeah, mm-hmm. we're gonna carve a trail. Like I I I was just uh, it reminded me of I hate to say this it reminded me of. Uh, <laughs> Of early Spielberg, and it, you know, like yeah. I, I don't know. I, I, maybe give me those. Give me. I, I tell you, in a time of chimpanzees, as it was a monkey. No, I in <laughs> in a time when so many movies are shot so quickly, and we have so much Steadicam stuff going on. Mm-hmm. Having a long, just stationary shot is just so refreshing for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 You'd like Blade I, Runner for that reason, by the way. There's lots of those. Yeah. Anyway, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, there's a total lot of I that. I feel like I will. I, 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 and I think I'm on uh, Team Dunaway on this one. I don't think it's, I certainly don't think it's his best film, and I don't think it's it's a fantastic film. I think there are a few things to like about this, and you have to, you really have to separate, if you can, the implausibility of the premise (laughs) from the rest of the film, because the, the stuff where Ivy is making her way towards her discovery, I think is fantastic. I think Bryce Dallas Howard, Bryce Dallas hardware did a really good job. (laughs) Where (laughs) Bryce Dallas hardware. I don't know why I was, why I was going to say that, but I decided to just run with it. Um, But you know, the, the scenes where she's making her way through the woods and, and comes across, uh, uh, Brody in a bird costume. Uh-huh. Who has, who, who has voice? Bird, who bird has bird voice bird. modulation like a monster? I don't understand how that was possible. <laughs> I, yeah, that's, that's perception. It, right, it's and, supposed and, to be filmed from her mm-hmm. uh, perspective, and it's supposed to be perception. Yeah, sure. Right, yeah, so she's blind, so she hears things that you don't hear. Blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah. But then when the whole, I, but when the whole village and they're not all blind are hearing it all the time at night. I mean, come on. Yeah, all... Adrian thinks this Adrian Brody's character Noah thinks is hilarious because he knows the secret and you think he's laughing because he's insane which he is and deserves a face slapping however he's laughing because he knows he knows it's just the parents which, messing and, around or the elders messing around and, and that's my point about the last 45 minutes kind of betraying the rest of the movie because yeah. when you start finding out those things you're, it's too late for you the viewer to go back and say oh that was clever instead you're like oh okay you, you know, the, this I, I've, I've struggled with this movie many times because I like the Shyamalan twist that he usually does on movies. 
However, I had never cared for this one, and I, I think I'm still trying to hammer down the reason, but I think it's because in most of the other movies, there's a air of supernatural, and they never remove the supernatural, and they go all the way through, and they keep it. In this one, they strip away the supernatural as the twist, and then it's just normal living, and it's kind of like, it's kind of like Scooby Doo because you you unveil you know you unveil and it's like oh it's just Farmer it's just, yeah, Walker just, and yeah. but yeah. but at <laughs> least in Scooby Doo you still have a talking dog so yeah. there's at least right, still yeah. some magic well, going on and that's where the and that's kind of where the 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 biggest problem I have with it I mean yeah right there's the implausibility of them not ever seeing. A, a, a helicopter that happens to be you know, doing uh, traffic over there on the I-19 or whatever, or a plane off in the distance. It's the fact that William Hurt's character says, oh, I want to get away from the horrors of life right. by secluding my family, you know, my family and all these other families in this nature preserve and never leaving it. And then introducing my own horrors to keep them in line. Yeah, <laughs> like, which is yeah, yeah. exactly which is what we're supposed to be talking about. Right. The, the movie, the movie challenges you to talk about that whole thing about uh, broken people and what they do to try to get by, how they deal with their grief, sure. and then what that becomes when they have their own children, blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, we, we have all these expectations for this film. You know, like, we expect it to have uh, the sensibility of Unbreakable or, or uh, the, the first one. And, you know, like we're, you actually, one of the first things you said of it was that, uh, that there were, you know, you were focused on the implausibilities and I'm thinking, well, you know, if a movie's great, like La La Land was implausible, uh, Arrival mm -hmm. was implausible, but if a movie's great, you know, you don't care, right? Mm -hmm. You're busy. Mm -hmm. enjoying You're busy enjoying the amazing film. Exactly. Yeah. This, mm -hmm. uh, my, my, so... I mean, you're all making pretty decent points. I stay completely unspoiled on this movie and have never seen it. That's so, amazing. That's Which great. Yeah. yeah. I'd never yeah. been told what the twist was. I had no idea. When you got to the twist. Oh, when yeah, I got right. to the twist, what, I went, oh, Which twist, shit. by the way? There's about five redirects of the story, <laughs> right. and there's really right. no big twist. There's well, no like, they're only, big the, surprise. The first, twist is, the first twist is when you find out that William Hurt is, is you know, knows more than he knows and, and is like uh and is manipulating the situation i think sure, that's the first but it's twist. a time those are dumb the twists the twists yeah, we're talking yeah, i mean yeah. I, look it's elephant in the room we're living in modern day this isn't been 1820 like that's right. the twist so that being the twist it's just annoyed by it it just annoyed me because because <laughs> uh, what it told me was he's th these people that thought this was a good idea they're huge dicks. They're just living this giant lie. And they're broken. They're 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 so badly injured that they mm -hmm. they don't even realize that they're perpetrating this horror on their. I, I guess so because they've got all these children, these different generations now that are all like living in what they think is this ancient time, and eighteen eighteen nineties is supposed to be the yeah ninety seven and and. Uh, whatever i mean so, part i just i think that is i think it's just lazy and dumb and also uh you know how he always jams his cameo in there he's always got to be in his movie yes um <laughs> the part where he's the reflection he's the dude with the newspaper and that right yeah. uh one of the least this is funny to say about a movie like this one of the least believable things about this movie is that the other cop could just sort of sneak in there and steal stuff in broad sight. 
Oh, but that's, right. That's, oh, you, you but, mean you mean the stab wound medicine? Yeah. yeah. Because yeah, I, I need some stab wound medicine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's medicine that repairs the cut, the lacerations to your small intestine. Right. Exactly. Right. It's um, great. It's instant. You spray it on. We got. Hey, we got Honestly, any stab wound medicine left? Okay, so this the is real twist. Yeah. This is this is where Scott and I have to play really really nice. So I've I've seen this movie. <laughs> I've seen this movie maybe 20 times. Oh my gosh! Uh, what? Really? Why? Oh, I, you I, have I, seen I, this I 20 times. Lost you count are... a long time ago. It's in my. It's in this short list of movies that I just put on yeah, whenever yeah. I I want like that the sort of like mood, you know, oh, like yeah. it, it's like it, it the the mood those movies that includes is like Dances with Wolves. You know what I mean? Right. And right. Uh, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> another one is uh, uh, Shawshank Redemption. For, you know, like the, for where me the, is. For me, it's Prometheus. Okay, but I don't but know anyway, why. I've, seen like, this, okay, whatever. I've seen this movie many, many, many times. And I originally, when I first saw it, I like like everybody else on the planet. I was I was saddled with all the expectations of his first three films, mm-hmm. and so I really disliked when Ivy runs into a wall and then goes over it, and she's on a road, and a jeep pulls up, Ooh. and then they go to see they go to see the director of the film. Uh, or the one guy guys, I, I really disliked that. That was like the, the whole crux of my complaint was this whole thing. And then I, I, as I watched it many, many more times, I started to see that this was actually, uh, kind of like Stephen King's, uh, uh, the things he has to say about being the author of his own stories where, uh, M night Shyamalan, uh, his character literally says, this is a sweet gig I've got going here. Don't mess it up. Yeah, no, he and, uh, yeah, and I that, get that that started as I thought about that. I realized he has to say that. I couldn't come up with other alternate lines that didn't make it worse. Mm. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, the the thing with her, it's also mean what happened to her. Like the dad yes. sends his daughter, who's blind, blind. <laughs> On a on a trip of like constant with, with horribleness, a, with a bag of rocks. Yeah, with a bag of ro- magical rocks. Diesel protect just so they can get the stuff. Like you know how you do this since since they know. Okay, since William Hurt knows, get your ass into the thing, get over the wall, and do it yourself, old man. Which, right. Which right. that is, and I and I I'm, I'm realizing that like I say we have to play nice because I've seen it so many times and you have it. I've thought about it a lot. This movie. And I and I realized that is a take on religions, specifically new religions like Scientology. Mm. That's that whole part of the story where they made a promise and now they're mm. bound to it no matter right. what. The elders you know? can never return back to the, the town. Yeah. Right. And, and, Send but, the blind but, girls. But they've, <laughs> but they've got an insane amount of money at their disposal. What uh, What could possibly separate you from... Uh, you know, from doing the easy right thing. Oh, your crazy belief, this belief that you just invented, and you know that you're you made a whole community around. Uh, you know, right. so they, like they hold their they hold their protection of innocence higher than their children's lives, essentially. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Right? which is and dumb. So, yeah. It's freaking dumb. And I understand that that's a fun. I, I like the idea of of exploring cultism and exploring people doing things that why would they do that if not for a collective belief and that sort of stuff is interesting to me, but this was just lazy version of that. In my opinion, like very, it just, it just very, feels like I they're not really, it. they didn't really focus on that. Um, you know, when the big reveal I, I came, I say it's lazy. I think all of Shyamalan's movies are very simple stories that he 
elongates and dances with and makes beautiful. I mean, no, I don't know. Just... This one, he he elongated it, but then he poked it and then <laughs> farted on it. I want to ask Scott. <laughs> yeah. I, I, it's been a long time since I've talked to somebody seeing this for the first time, so I really want to know, Scott, what did you like? Like what? What about this movie did you want to see more of or, or something? Okay, so I, I am I am traditionally, historically, a M. Night Shyamalan apologist. I really like his... The movies that I like, I really like. I think Unbreakable is one of my... It's in my top ten movies ever. I love Unbreakable. Mm -hmm. I think you Sixth can basically Sense, describe that in one sentence. Yeah, and I think Sixth Sense was was a um, was an incredible film for its time. And I think that, that Signs... Signs did this whole twist thing better because the twist was separate from a compelling movie. So, Again, I don't think Signs had a... No, I, I, I understand it, that. I understand. Signs is a mystery thriller where you don't know whether it's aliens or not for a long time. Yeah, and I, that's I, what I I'm know. saying. That's that's why I like that movie better because that movie is basically two movies. It's it's here's a mystery uh, thriller about possible aliens, and we're going to do that for most of the movie. And then here at the end, we're going to kind of throw in this twist that's the head-scratcher th bit. Right. But other than that... It's it's a it's a cohesive alien movie. It's actually a, a movie that's a little freaky, a little scary, a little fun, a little whatever. Mm -hmm. And this is just a lot of oh, thine bucket doth run cold. Come to oh, the come thing. Oh come on! It's just <laughs> look now to answer. That, I want to answer scene... Randy's question though. Let me answer Randy's question. So your question is, what right, did right. I come away? What redeeming thing did I find did in you this? Like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. My first impression was, ooh, I'm going to like this because this cast is great. Look at all these actors I love. Yeah. This is great. Brendan Gleeson, I think, is amazing. I love him. I love Sigourney Weaver. I want to see all these people. So that, I mean, even Her even Harelip, I was excited to see him again because he's cool. Oh, but wow. that's why I just, that's me and him. That's what I call him. It's fine. Oh, he, he calls me tiny. It's fine. It's fine. It's, it's fine. We're, we're, we're buddies. It's yeah, okay. He it's calls me tiny penis. So we're, we're even. Okay. <laughs> we have a thing. So he, so I, <laughs> I, I got excited about that, but I think they were all kind of abused and not very good in this. So that's so that was dashed. The other thing I found about okay, it is I, I do... I just want to go back to like the very beginning. The first thing you see in the movie is this crowd of indistinguishable people, and they're standing far apart from a grieving father. Brendan Gleeson is kissing a small pine coffin. Did that like move you? Did that interest you? Well, I mean, no. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. I mean, I mean, it's not that I, I mean, I, I saw it and went, okay, what's this? But I don't know. That didn't really, it didn't really take that to a place that made me go, oh, how satisfying. Like, I don't know. It just, it just felt like a bunch of, a bunch of him and and Han and, and, and it felt very like, oh, look, we're, we're, we're a town wow, that's obviously. Blade Runner really did a number on you. No, you for other movies. It really did. It's like I, I watched this. So I watched the movie. I watched it about one and a half times yesterday. I, I watched through it kind of here and there. Oh, yeah. And then this. And then I sat and watched the whole thing from beginning to end. And the second go where I'm going to watch the whole thing from beginning to end, as soon as I see Brendan Gleeson grieving, I started crying. It was just the music wow. and the way it was shot from a, like the top of a ladder or something. Just I was just lost and uh, so i do think this movie the story of your uh, uh taking this movie in is about expectations i really do mm, maybe no, i think uh, i think that was true across the board we I, I remember when this movie came out i saw the theater but i was expecting you know prior Shyamalan films but i also was sold in marketing that this was going to be a supernatural story and we were going to meet these monsters and we were going to do it just you know 
we're going to have these this monster show, and instead it's like, psych! Yeah, nope. yeah no, right. I mean, that's the point of it, but it... Is he... It, yeah. Is Shyamalan basically now a um, a victim of his own uh, yes. surprises? Yes. I mean, basically, you go to uh, an M. Night Shyamalan movie. He mm-hmm. said the worst thing that ever happened to him was The Sixth Sense. Like, yeah, right. Because now it, everybody it, expects, all right, where's the twist, M. Night? And you're always looking for that one thing that's going to be like, oh, oh, he turned the knob, he turned the doorknob uh, clockwise instead of counterclockwise. Right. Oh, Here's that's a twist. Gonna... I'm going to make Avatar really bad. Yeah. Yeah. For a twist. yeah. <laughs> the a, right the last airbender <laughs> thing was the exception because there was no twist in that. And it was just poo from top to bottom. That is a right. terrible, terrible right. movie. I mean, I'll give, I'll give this credit in that it's certainly better than that. This is way better than the happening. I mean, there's, cool. there's definitely movies that he's I, made that are worse than this, but I don't think this is anywhere near the top. I mean, I wouldn't put it in the top Shyamalan does something to me that uh, is unnatural. Shyamalan does this to me every time I watch his movies. He he drags me along for the ride, and I I go, and I I, I feel I just have this wave of emotion, and everything he does, even in the happening, he just he's just capable of setting up a scene with with the visuals and the music and and just everything. The vision he has, he is able to bring that vision so clearly. To the screen, I buy in every. And sometimes time. he does it. Like sometimes he does it really well. Like Split, I still haven't seen Split, but by all accounts, it's amazing. And 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 the now, new it's, it's, it's less Shyamalan-y to me. If yeah. if you ask, I mean, if you if I watch Split and you said that was a Shyamalan film, I'd be like, wow, really? Well, was, maybe yeah, maybe really well trying to reinvent the, the typical Shyamalan formula. I mean, I'd I'd rate this for me. I'd rate it above Signs. I'd rate it above Lady in the Water, but well under things like Unbreakable, Sixth Sense, Split. Right? Yeah. Oh really? Um, You'd like it more than signs. That's I like it more than signs. Yeah. Wow. What a great um, body of work he has, though, that you can sit there and. Well, I mean, look, he's got his place. I, you know, and he's taking a lot of heat lately. But like Split being a big success and critically as well was important for him. The big twist there was is that the movie takes place in the Unbreakable universe, and that the next mm-hmm. film features and uh, called Glass is back yeah. to Samuel yeah, L. Jackson and everybody yeah, doing their thing. Yeah. That's There's very exciting thing, yeah. to me. Like, I'm really happy for him, and I want that stuff to succeed. I think that's where he's his time is best spent. Um, for sure, you don't watch The Village and then go, wow, I hope he makes a village, too. Yeah. <laughs> you know, definitely does not happen. There. No, no. Especially if you're watching He should make one called times. Town. Town. Ooh, but it's, <laughs> I keep, I keep yeah. talking Towns. about the yeah. Towns. Can we talk about their weird uh, English? Uh, sure. Yeah. It's, that's the other problem to... I have with it is I wish it was a little more authentic sounding. It all came off as super stilted, and I understand. You mean it sounded like people from the eighties uh, talking times. like people from the <laughs> right from eighteen nineties? Yeah, it did. Yeah, it did. Which, it didn't which sound convincing. I, I, yeah, I get what he's going for there, and I think it's clever and smart that people, you know, that, that he portrays them this way because you would have immediately gone, "There's something weird here." If they were saying "dude" and "awesome," but, <laughs> right. right. Yes, but, exactly. but they have this. There's this whole story, I guess, that explains how their language evolved. You know, they had kids. They had to teach their kids how to speak, and they ended up in this place where they have the old shed that is not to be used, and those we do not speak of, and the bad color, and the protective color, and all of these things. Like where you're just like, how can they stand not just calling things, you know, by their right. names? Why do they have these? 
Well, Crazy not scriptor. Not only that, it's just an empty. It's an empty thing. They're gonna eventually. These kids are gonna grow up, or they're gonna have their own kids. Eventually, someone's gonna rebel, get out of there, and figure it out. Like it's just a. Mm -hmm. It's a. It's a. It's a even, lost errand. It's dumb. Well, even that. I mean, you know, you got to figure at some point one of the elders is just gonna get kind of irritated with some of the other elders' bullshit and say, "Oh, that's it. I'm done." Yeah. And, yeah. See, and, that was kind of the question because there was a defector elder. We just don't know. Who it was? We they never right. really answered. You know, the right. I'll tell you who I think it is. It's this lady. I am fond of it. I'm very fond of it. <laughs> oh gosh, oh, oh, Cherry, Cherry Jones is so amazing <laughs> in this movie. I love her, and, but she's weird. In and this. Sigourney Weaver does this thing in this film, and, and again, I've seen it too many times, guys. I Sigourney Weaver does this thing where she she. Uh, presses her lips together and acts without saying a word mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and it's just amazing there there's a you know so there's a, a, a unrequited love story between her and William Hurt who's married to someone else yeah. and it comes to a head when all of their plans are falling apart and he you know comes to tell her what's happening and she just wants to comfort him so bad and yeah, he walks right. off and leaves her there and the camera just lingers on her mm -hmm. and it's like great acting yeah that stuff was alright why can't yeah. this movie justify she, yeah. this she's one of the, and she's one of the best things about the the Netflix Defenders series mm -hmm. um, oh I haven't watched it yet who she's in here has watched it yet she's but the villain oh, right? oh, oh. out of the new Marvel things I, I, I've got to say, I watched <laughs> The Gifted and, yeah. and I watched The Inhumans and I was like, I was surprised what I thought. I, I was shocked that I actually enjoyed The hum Inhumans more than The Gifted. Why? Oh, why? Wow. Really? really? Wow. Yeah. I don't know why. Too. I can't explain it. Yeah, I, I really like The Gifted. I'm I'm waiting to see what happens with Inhumans before I go, before I say I'm in or I'm out. He I likes the, like, he likes the big really based that stuff. He likes the big right. CGI bulldog. You're really. I hate that. the. I hate. I hate. <laughs> do you how they did Lockjaw? Really, I enjoy Lockjaw, except for the smearing effect they use. But I'll tell you, I'm having way oh, more fun. Part of it, I like. <laughs> really like the smearing. <laughs> I like. I like the, the teleport effect. That I think is something yeah. you don't see. You know, you haven't seen that kind of teleport effect uh, before. Right. Yeah. But I mean, the, the whole fish out effect. of water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, listen, I, you know what? Cherry Jones just said what she thinks of Inhumans. I am fond of it. Okay, great. <laughs> that's all, come, that's all come, the defense come, I need. Yeah. Come back to these older middle-aged actors in, in this film, like Sigourney Weaver and Brendan Gleeson. I, I, I just I feel like they are doing so much better than the script requires, Like that it's a, a, a really good explanation of what's wrong with the film. The script just doesn't rise to their level. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. They're 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 they class up the Written joint. By Shyamalan. They cra they class up the joint. He he has a lot of clout as a guy with two very success, three very successful movies before this, where he can get big star talent, and they get you know they, they went from Bruce Willis to Bruce Willis again to to freaking uh, uh, at the time he was not so reviled by Hollywood, but you know Mad Max was in there for the signs deal, and then. And then you got uh you know these big actors Joaquin here, Phoenix. Joaquin Phoenix. This sure, is his second straight film, right? Shyamalan. Yep, he's still coming yeah. off. What was he? Four years after. Here, here's the thing, though. Here, let's get back to the conceptual, though. I, I cannot in my head. The twist just made me go, all right. There's a bunch of teenagers there, and this is the year. They're literally the the actual modern day year that these people exist in is the year World of Warcraft is launched. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's twenty, it's 2000 freaking four. Uh, they should have... These kids should have been in the theaters watching The Incredibles and playing WoW all night. They shouldn't be out there going, 
Ah, doth thine morning shine brightly upon <laughs> thine butthole? Let's go play. Let's go play the stump game. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It really is like that. That is a, a huge subject. This whole thing about uh, shouldn't people living in uh, Papua New Guinea right now have access to Starbucks? Like, <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? No. Wait, wait. Who's arguing for that? Yeah. Oh, uh, right, right. Yeah. Little place needs a Starbucks. I yeah. can see. There's, I can see there's them a having world. access to. I can see there, them having access to stab medicine, but I don't know about a Starbucks. Sure, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, there's a world of people who. There's a world of people who are living minus all of these comforts and all of this knowledge that we have, mm-hmm. right? And and that's a that's one of the many little things this movie raises. Or doesn't it might fail to raise that? Yeah, it well should raise it well. It just I'm just not sure it, it, it did. But I don't know, man. I just I just can't. You know what else ruined this for me? Forget about Blade Runner for a minute. I saw The Witch like a month mm. ago, right? And The Witch is set in a similar setting, except it's the actual setting. It's like an right. old timey right. pilgrim. It really does take place back then. What and, the twist would be if that one took place? No now? kidding. Wow. But their language in there is so authentic. It feels so like what but it would have been but i think there's a there is a point to that i mean i think there um i can't remember if it was randy or brian who said there's a point that like um it does sound like somebody who has a vague understanding of how people talked back then would remember it like it, you know it'd be like uh if you all of a sudden wanted to create your own little secluded area where only <laughs> people spoke klingon mm-hmm. right you'd be like oh, uh well there's kapla and, and <laughs> Block and, and uh, uh, honor. Yeah. There's honor in there. Honor. But yeah. uh, I was more reminded, you know, I haven't seen The Witch, but I was more reminded of things like um, Handmaid's Tale, which is a modern yeah. thing, but has that formality, <clears throat> formality, right, yeah. sensibility and stuff. Yeah, that's true. I mean, and, and I really, I've, as you know, I love that series. I thought that was an incredible achievement. But in this particular case, I under, so I'll, I'll buy this argument that they were trying to sound like 2004 people Mm-hmm. trying to do this thing and make it their reality and then but not really knowing the language or not really knowing the cadence i <laughs> understand saying, that i've read the crucible 27 <laughs> times i think i know how to talk right like and i understand and also i'll take that as an explanation but to me it then therefore made it come off as amateurish and and yeah. before you know the twist you're just like well this is just kind of badly portrayed 1800s like this is not this is like uh I don't know. It's uh, a fair point. It's a fair point. Little I mean, house I on the prairie. I want to another angle because I, I, I feel like we're <laughs> like we're beating this to death. Um, this movie has some moments of levity, like look, serious comic relief oh, that that so just good. I just love so much. And my my favorite is Judy Greer as a you know twenties spinster goes and declares her love to Joaquin Phoenix yeah. as a stoic freaking woodchopper, <laughs> and then. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, gets louder and louder until she reaches the point where she's asking him to tell her that he loves her too. She's demanding that he does, and then there's a smash cut to her yeah. bawling, sobbing. Yeah, <laughs> beautiful. Right? And it's beautiful. so there's something so funny about it. And mm-hmm. I just wonder how Scott I, took that. I didn't laugh at all. I thought it was dumb. Okay. Like I, in fact, I'm a big all Judy right. Greer fan. Let's talk about her for a second. I think she's yeah. great. Love her in everything she ever does. Uh. I thought she was terrible in this, and I thought yeah. the 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 crying bit was 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 annoying and kind of fingernails on the chalkboard she's, for me. I hated it. She's supposed to be a little bit on the 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 side to make you really root for Bryce Dallas Howard. You know, she's yeah. she's right. basically put there to make Bryce Dallas Howard's character look more sympathetic and 
and make you appreciate the younger sister more. I think. Sure. Right. Was this? Is anyone? By the way, is anybody? And I guess I know. the the age thing is going to be different for all of us because uh, Randy, I think you're you know a little bit younger. But does it blow anybody's mind that she's younger than most of us? Uh, Bryce oh, Dallas. Howard? I always thought Judy Greer. No, I always thought Judy Greer was older. Than, oh, than me. Right. Really? Oh, I can see yeah. that. I hadn't yeah. really thought about it. Um, oh no, I don't know what I I've... thought before that. Yeah, I thought she was. I thought she, she was probably she does like, look like or, an older person. Yeah, five years ago. <laughs> She she huh. she plays a little older in things. I mean, she does. Sure. Yeah. I mean, when she was an ape in Planet of the Apes, she, when was, she was an ape. She looked really old. She man. looked really like, old, sorry. all hairy and everything. But um, but no, yeah, no I was she's seventy. She's born in 90, 1975. Five uh, years younger than us. Yeah. For whatever weird reason, I loved this movie called Kissing a Fool in the nineties. Mm. It mm. it starred mm. David Schwimmer and Jason Lee, mm. and it yeah. was like it, it was like Jason <laughs> Lee's J- Jason Lee's time when he was making these movies with, with people uh, that were just weird little rom-coms. And uh, uh, Judy Greer has a bit role in that. And so I saw that several times. And for me, mm. she's she's stuck at her. And I actually thought she was like 16 in that movie. Mm. Oh, she's really? actually wow. She's actually more like 22 now that I look it up. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I, I have just always thought of her as, as really young. Mm. Yeah, I, I like her a lot. I just think yeah. she's really, really yeah. poorly portrayed here. I don't you think know. she's good <laughs> yeah. in this. You know who looks like an alien in this movie? Who? Adrian Brody. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Adrian Brody. He kind of yeah, always looks like an alien. I find it, I, it, I like him too. Hair. I think he's interesting. You know, like as an actor, I find him best best performance in the film for me. Although Bryce Dallas Howard does a fantastic job, she's she's not given the best part of the script. Adrian Brody as a mentally handicapped, uh, uh, sort of uh, off the chain kind of. Uh, sudden, the big, the first big twist in the film is when he's got very, a knife and Joaquin Phoenix's stomach. Like that, that whole thing uh, uh, is he. He's just amazing. Like I, I'm actually surprised. I, I was looking it up. He didn't get nominated for any acting awards coming out of this film, mm-hmm. which I, I, he's amazing in this movie. That's because the movie's poo. They didn't. Nobody. <laughs> nobody goes. Nobody goes. Oh, look at this movie that is really objectively terrible. By the way, Roger Ebert calls it one of the worst films ever made. I'm not saying I agree with him every time, but you know he and I are on the page here to get together yeah. today. But but for them, you can't have a movie come out and go, oh, you know, we got to give it to so and so for being in uh, Dude, Where's My Car? Like they don't do that, right? Yeah, exactly. Yes. Plus, I don't know uh, what's great. her name. What's a name? What's her name? Won a freaking Oscar for My Cousin Vinny. That's a good movie, uh, though. Tell me, uh, that's yeah. a good movie. It wasn't, that movie wasn't shit. This yeah, is- yeah. <laughs> that movie was good. I mean, it wasn't a great <laughs> movie, but. Speaking of um, Brody, does anyone else find it just amazing that the two people who are most unlikely to not walk around in circles in the forest both manage to get pretty deep into the forest and find each other? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like These are the two people that I would think probably would get to the edge of the forest and probably just go around the perimeter not realizing that they're... But it's also what it's also it also undoes the premise, like you were saying, because obviously the reason he can find her is because she's wearing a bright yellow freaking cloak. Well, like yeah. you could see her from miles away, and that oh yeah, you realize oh that woods those woods are actually aren't that deep. Hmm. Do you know where they where <laughs> were they getting all their food? Because I know they had some livestock, but where oh, were they getting? Oh my god, oh. how many people live in this village, and how do they keep all those oil lamps burning all the time? Yeah. I would like to know. Yeah, yeah. there's that a lot too. of lo- yeah. there's logistics yeah. questions about this movie that will haunt. Drone me. Logistics are not. Yeah. Drone. Hey drone. Scott. <laughs> Scott, how yeah. did you how did you feel about the knife scene when Adrian? Brody stabs. Okay. 
So, so that I appreciate you guys reminding me of the of the scene. I thought that entire sequence was really well done. I think it's some of some of uh, Shyamalan's best work are these very personal, personal, shocking stuff like that. Uh, That is, it may be, and this is funny as I'm ripping on this movie. It may be one of the cooler versions of that sort of exchange I've ever seen. Yeah, because right. usually it's it's like you walk up and you go. Oh, and by the way, you wouldn't just stand there and make a face. Like you would you would buckle you you would immediately have pain and recoil because that's what your body does. You don't mm-hmm. just go. Oh, right. what's this? I look oh, down and see. Mm. It did. It did set. It, I do it, have a, a big gaping, painful hole in my stomach. It did yeah. set in stone how stoic Joaquin Phoenix' character is. Sure, I, right. I have. Right. Also, he's not. I thought he was a star of this thing. He's not really. He sort of disappears. No, he's in bed most of the yeah, time. He's yeah, he's really there. <laughs> he's uh, he's yeah. Well, I was gonna make a comparison. I won't. His, but anyway, yeah. His, his crowning moment of badass is actually the scene before that, where they think they're under attack by uh, those we do not speak of, mm-hmm. and he is rushing over to be with Ivy in the cellar. Uh, oh, and such like, a great scene. I know because it's got this whole thing where you don't know what in the world is going to happen as she's standing in her doorway hoping that he comes to her. Mm-hmm. And the music is what makes that scene so great. But it's also like Joaquin Phoenix it just looks so amazing as he takes her hand and takes her downstairs. Yeah. Pulls her in, yeah. The music Wait. swells that. The the you know her her vulnerability as a blind person having her hand stuck out just blindly out there hoping that he will show up before the monster. I mean this that is, is not this is clearly not bringing Scott around. He's no, I, no, no, I like that. I <laughs> you guys are talking about stuff I liked in it because there are. I mean, yeah, like the, his he has a style. Like I say, I'm usually his apologist. I like the way he does things. It's just I don't think that the core story here is any good. I think that I think that he's got all the dressing that he usually does. Or at least tries to, but right. that stuff feels so empty when the story beneath it is contrived and, and short storyish. It's just not. This isn't like a good short story. It's like a, it's like a what if moment that you have in the bathroom and you never do anything about it. <laughs> you know what if? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's that's my biggest issue with it. Whereas, you know, Unbreakable was like this. It's similar. It sparks with an idea of like what if. People are heroes. I don't even know it. And what if being a superhero is a much more gritty affair? And I mean, everything you're talking about and describing are all the things I loved about Unbreakable. Those same right. approaches it, to scenes and, and the characters, and I love that right. stuff. But it just didn't. And work the here. difference, and the difference to me is 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 the fact that when you leave Unbreakable, you keep thinking about the possibilities of how far it could go. With the village, you end and go, eh, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Well, also, you saw Unbreakable first. Um, so yeah. you have you have Unbreakable's expectations on you. Well, uh, instead of sure. the other way around. Sure, but I also saw signs in between, and I like that fine. And you know, it, the, it's just uh, for me. So, for me, it's like, well, all right, we're getting a Shyamalan movie. What are you going to get? A twist, and that's and, and some cool cinematography and some cool directing. Now the question is, does the story hold water? Is it a strong enough story to carry it? And in this case, I don't know. I never saw Lady in the Water. I saw part. I haven't even seen the entirety of the happening. I've only seen a piece of it on cable once, um, so I don't even. I can't even really speak to that until we film Saga, probably. <laughs> What's happening? But I feel like I feel like nothing since Signs for me has really done it, and I need to see Split so I can get back on the train. What um, What have you seen since Signs? Have you, did you see? You didn't see Devil. Nope, just the Village. That's um, it. Okay, yeah, and I haven't seen. Uh, I hear good things about the visit. 
Oh, I haven't heard of that one. What's that one? Yeah. Uh, week, uh, a, a couple kids go see grandma and grandpa and they turn out yeah. to be, there's a twist. <laughs> <laughs> just stop with that. All right. I mean, he's obviously still making this stuff. I just, you know, like everybody else, there was some disappointment period there and Avatar yeah. was real bad. Oh yeah. I have seen that. That's horrible that. bad, like Terra bad. I but I never watched. Is that something that somebody who's never seen the cartoon could watch? No, I you think would be it, better fit if you'd never seen the cartoon. <laughs> it's really True not. Story. It's really not good, and it's not just okay. that the cartoon's great because the cartoon is great, but the the that movie is just a is a dismal uh, piece of. It's like a little piece of poo smeared on the side of a stall in a in a Jeez. Chevron bathroom. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's not good. So there's something there's something else here for me. Um. The so I, I I could do a whole podcast about the music in this movie and especially about where they came from to get here. Uh, you know, the short version is um, that, you know, this is the fourth of four movies and the you know, each each uh, score leads leads from the previous ones. Mm -hmm. uh, and and you actually have the numbers of those four movies in the score. So like. Uh, when you see signs, the third movie, James Newton Howard's score keys around the number three, and you hear da 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 like that. And, oh, really? And yeah, and in huh. this film, the the scoring, the music goes from four four to six eight time, and those are both four beats, even though uh, six eight time uh, uses triplets. So uh, it's it's beautiful and brilliant and so forth. And you just reminded me when you were talking about these other movies that we heard this week, just this week, that they've started principal photography for Glass. And mm -hmm. uh, this week was horrible in our lives. Like this week, mm -hmm. I will never forget this week as long as I live because of what happened in Las Vegas Sunday. And uh, the the news, usually I would read the news and it would say, you know, Variety says that M. Night Shyamalan started filming Glass uh, uh, this week. And and it's coming out in 2019, and I would be really excited, and I'd be like, "Yeah, James Newton Howard probably gonna have another score, and what's it gonna, you know, what's it gonna be?" But instead, I'm like dreading it. I'm just like, eh, I don't care. <laughs> you know, like watching this movie yesterday was like an exercise in in just feeling bad for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, well, it's your 20th viewing. You might wanna. You might want to back <laughs> off. Might want to pace yourself there. Yeah. Just uh, might want to take it easy. <laughs> right. Thing that makes you feel. Yeah, bad. I mean, that, that is the case with uh, with anything like this. I mean, you know, the the nine eleven stuff. I was talking about this on TMS. How how it felt so long before things got quote unquote normal, and right. you weren't thinking of things in the frame of what happened in nine eleven. Right? Mm -hmm. You were you were like, oh, yeah. I'm at this cool Oktoberfest thing in the wake of nine eleven, or I'm on this trip to Australia in the wake of nine 11 yeah. and, uh, right. and all these and, things that would just feel like, ah, oh, this is, you know, so cool. It all, it, there was this, this frame, this in unremovable frame around it, mm -hmm. uh, what had happened. Yeah. Yeah. So this movie, this movie watching it this week really exemplified the PTSD aspects that I don't think I would have paid much attention to if we'd recorded the show a week ago. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah, maybe. Mm. I mean, I don't know who, who knows, but Here's the yeah. bottom. Here's the bottom line. We believe in M Night Shyamalan's ability to entertain us. May he ever do so and do it in ways that are not like the village. Okay. That's all I'm also, they use that font you hated. Uh, I noticed they have the oh, yeah. the caps, low caps thing. 
What's that called? It's, uh, I always forget. Small caps. Small caps. Small caps. Yeah, you don't, yes. you're not a fan of that. I'm not a fan. It's the it's the hardest thing to read. It's uh, been proven that if you want to slow somebody down and make them read something slowly or read it multiple times, you do it in small caps because they're forced to like parse through each thing to try and figure it out. Whereas if you do something in like a upper and lowercase serif, that's the fastest. And if you want somebody to read something quickly, you give it to them in that and they can digest it a lot quicker. Yeah. Um, that's why I, I hate the the Klingon speak in Star Trek Discovery because it's in small caps. Yeah, it's stop yeah. trying to slow me down. I want to read exactly. and get on with life. Yeah, it's, exactly. It's a bad font. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm with you. Back in my back in my uh, typography classes, back in college, they they were reviled. Nobody liked them. Yeah, yeah. So I totally. But what understand. did I see recently that actually really like something brand new that actually used Comic Sans, and I couldn't believe I was seeing Comic Sans in something new. Like it, was for, it was a trailer before Blade Runner, something, I think. Oh, really? Wow. wow. I didn't see the trailers you saw. Theater or something. I don't know, but it was something. Mm. Um, I, One of the things I forgot to mention, by the way, that the only thing that actually did get any critical acclaim for this film, for The Village, was the soundtrack. Uh, the oh, uh, right. score by James Newton Howard. Dallas Howard. James Newton Never. Howard. Not, no relation <laughs> I know. I'm just, I'm right. just throwing a bunch of Howards in there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, was the actually did get nominated for an Oscar that year. His he's always good. That guy always freaking mm -hmm. delivers. Mm -hmm. It's always amazing stuff. And you never you never you never hear a bad James Fig Newton Howard. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> and this is this is the best. This is the pinnacle as far as I'm concerned. In my deep score collection, I have this top ten easy, maybe top five of all time scores. It's it just the mood it sets is like no other. I can't name another score that has this thing that, you know, this violin, this emotional mm. catch. I have a new one oh. for you. Just everyone should be checking out. <laughs> so, I'm, let's see if, please let's don't, see if anybody can guess. I don't, I don't want to talk about it. Too, I don't want to talk about it too much because I'm about to go see it. So I, I, let's just, yeah, I, we, I'm, we I'm won't. so glad you enjoyed we it. We won't, but you're going to love it. Um, all right, well, a couple of funny, I think, trivia bits. I, I'm going to call this first one fake. M. Night Shyamalan put the entire cast through a 19th century boot camp in order for them to get a good feel for the time period. Whatever. They've all talked about it. Like, really? If you watch the oh, extras really? on the DVD, they all talk but about it. But what was that. the point of that? Because they didn't really convince me any more than they would have. I mean, come on. Just put on some clothes and be there. You don't have to. I think right. Yeah. I if think you, it was. You, I think it actor, was. If you need something like that to get into into the role, uh, you're you're you got a problem. I, yeah. I think it was. I think it was mostly for the benefit of the younger actors. Is the impression I got mm. that the the older actors could sort of had a a body of work that they could draw from, but the younger actors, you know, had spent their whole lives in in a big city. We're struggling and, with and, this uh, this uh, J uh, Jesse Eisenberg kid. We got to get him more into it. What can I we know. do? I hear Jesse Eisenberg actually had to use Facebook for five years before uh, <laughs> before the social network so he could get into character. Oh, that's good. He had to like so many posts and that sort of thing. He had to like. <laughs> uh, Bryce Dallas Howard and Judy Greer, they play sisters Ivy and Kitty, would later play sisters Claire and Karen in Jurassic World. Oh. Mr. Village 2. Oh. Think of Village 2 as your your uh, Jurassic Park world, and yeah. now that blows your mind on yeah. Jurassic and, Park. Dude, wow. freaking life finds a way, dude. Life finds and now, a way. And now, <laughs> uh, guess what's coming out next year? Jurassic World 2. Mm -hmm. Yay. Yeah. Oh, I, I like that first one okay. It was, yeah. it was dumb, but it was fun. I had a good time with mm -hmm. it. Uh, the, the movie was originally called The Woods, 
But uh, James Woods was a dick and said, no, I didn't. Uh, says, <laughs> oh, that'd be great. There was another movie in the works in 2006. It was already scheduled, so they had to change it, made it The Village. It was so, called The Wood. It says uh, Sigourney Weaver suffered nightmares for two weeks after reading the script. I don't know how we'd know that, but whatever. What? That's what it says. She, uh, you're not convincing me. The lady who is Ripley and Alien and in 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 Ghostbusters is going to read the Village and have nightmares. Yeah, <laughs> right. get I mean, out of my face. She has she has hovered lovingly over Bill Billy or Bill uh, Bill Murray's Bill Murray. Murray. I couldn't think of his last name. She knows what Billy scary Murray. is. Is Bill, what Bill I'm Murray's saying. bed. She's been hovering over Bill Murray's bed. Uh, mm-hmm. And I, Lovingly. and I mentioned this film is included in it's Ebert's most hated list. I wanted to read you guys the other movies in his most hated list, okay? This is just a quick list here. Um, Roger Ebert says, among his most hated films are these alleged comedies. That's his words, not mine. Mm. Joe Dirt, North. What? That's a great movie. Whatever. I love that movie. Joe Dirt is, I, I understand what he's saying, but Joe Dirt is supposed to be bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, yes. It's hard to put it in here. But anyway, uh, one woman the or two. Ball, Paul Blart, Mall Cop. The Hot okay. Chick. He really doesn't like The Hot Chick. Objectively bad movie. It's pretty bad. Deuce Bigelow, European Gigolo. If you see a connection there, you're not wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> it's Rob Schneider. Period. Ba- baby Geniuses. Now, Brian, Ibbett, I want you to brace yourself for this one. Mm-hmm. Spice World. Didn't oh. Like, didn't like Spice I'll, World. I'll let, I'll, let it, I'll let that one slide. It's, it's a reminder that Roger Ebert was an old man mm-hmm. for like his entire life. Well, <laughs> it's a reminder that Roger Ebert saw so many movies yeah. uh, over the course of his career that that the highs were ex- uh, were um, uh, extenuated were exact were. They were like, extraordinarily high. The, extra- and, the highs were extraordinarily high, which made the lows extraordinarily low. The, you well, know, like well, once I mean, you but, sit through. Gandhi and uh, 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 ordinary people. Then all of a sudden, dude, where's my car? Feels like like you'd rather be doing anything else in the world than watch dude, where's my car? Well, especially yeah. when you're an old curmudgeon and movies aren't <laughs> movies don't feel like they're supposed to just be fun. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Sometimes you, yeah, you apply too much importance to this stuff. But mm-hmm. he also lists Catwoman, The Guardian, Ben, Stargate, Thirteen Ghosts, Constantine. Uh, Critters 2, the main chorus, Deep Rising. These are all oh on God. our upcoming list. Guys. <laughs> or or like, ones that we've recently watched. Yeah. Deep Rising, you said, yeah. and uh, yeah. Constantine. Yeah. <laughs> he has two really? of the Resident That's Evil the movies on here. we should be pulling from. That's our new mm-hmm. film sack list. <laughs> oh, there it is, The Village. Here's what he says. To call it an anticlimax would be an insult to not only climaxes, but to prefixes. It is a crummy secret. <laughs> he says it is a crummy secret about one step up the ladder of narrative originality from It Was All a Dream. It's I don't, so I don't witless. I want to hear Roger Ebert, Ebert and Climax right. in the same yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. all I can all I can visualize is him giving two thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> he says it's so witless. In fact, that when we do discover the secret, we want to rewind the film so we don't know the secret anymore. Well, and that's and that's exactly what I'm talking about. The weight of expectations. Ebert is just so overloaded with expectations, you know, and he can't just enjoy. The story and the music and the visuals. Mm-hmm. He did put on here, by the way, and this is where he and I sep- absolutely go our separate ways. He believes The Usual Suspects is a terrible film, and it's on his least favorite oh, movies. Wow. How can you yeah. do that? Maybe he just and doesn't that's like twists. That's in my top five. Maybe he doesn't like twists. Maybe that's the deal. You maybe. Know? I mean... Maybe had twist. bad experience with a twist mm. when he was young. Yeah, <laughs> Aren't we doing yeah. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2 soon? Isn't that on our list this yes. month? Yes, that's next. yes. Hellraiser 2 is... 
is coming up. All right. Why? He says, <laughs> well, I won't read it now, but he really hates that movie. So we'll do that one <laughs> soon. That'll be good. I wish I could rewind actually- and go back to a point where I didn't watch Hellraiser <laughs> Helldown. <laughs> Just rewind time till you didn't see it. I like that idea. <laughs> Pretty but good. he also really like like he also wrote what was it Beyond the Valley of the Dolls or something like that yeah or, uh, yeah. yeah and that was yeah. garbage poo cast no stones my friend yeah <laughs> exactly like glass Bill- house that's right it's like Billy Joel throwing stones at glass ho- houses <laughs> right. can we can, I want a trope alert oh on one do thing. you I got one right here. Uh, I I love the whole thing where the kids go sit on the watchtowers at night and they play game like they play stand with your back to the danger on the stump and this kind of thing, but man, movies really key too much on the idea that uh, and as teenagers and young adults, kids are exactly what you made them to be. Mm. It ain't true. Mm. It is not true. Kids will never be what you try to make them to be. And this movie is just filled with them. There's not a single rebel in this entire group yeah the most rebellious they get like is that yeah Yeah, that's it Mm -hmm. they they don't yeah they don't really ever i mean that's my whole point why it's also unrealistic these kids would have long ago found that wall they would have long ago seen a uh, a paved road and all you're asking for is just complete shock it'd be that lady that ended up on the enterprise in first contact and she was like holy shit what is this that's our planet uh and she fainted or whatever it'd be like that i don't know why that's my example but you know what i mean fish out of water kind of deal well, and sooner or later, you can pay all the money you want to keep people from getting into your nature preserve. Sooner or later, there's going to be somebody with more money who says, I want to pay right. to see what's on the other side of that wall, and I'll pay more to have you fly me over it. Yeah. Plus, in, oh, our, yeah. in a more modern context, uh, here we are this many years later, there are too many technologies drones. that would have revealed it. Yeah, drones <laughs> yeah, alone. How many drones yeah, would, be, drones would be going over uh, village, uh, yeah. the village? What, do you, those, do you, are the, those are the drones of the people we don't speak of. Where were we at in 2004 with Google Maps? It was a thing, right? That was a deal. Mm, not really. Right. It, was, it, it, was, it was coming along. Yeah, okay. like Google Earth is a couple of years later, and that's when everybody kind of finds out about it. So Google, if, Google Maps was just in San Francisco. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but but there had to be satellite, you know, like all this. That's, that's just horseshit. Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That like. Well, you the, can see one on the wall in the in the guard station. Yeah, that's there, true. Satellite so, picture of the nature preserve. So, okay, mm. so there's a the, there's a different trope. This is called the hidden elf village. Mm. Um, the the hidden elf village is just mysteriously unseen by the rest of the universe that's passing by all the time. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and we Except you know we sh- we struggle with it when <laughs> it isn't given its due, right? Yeah. So, uh, in Star Trek Insurrection, the Baku homeworld, mm-hmm. uh, they go to great lengths to explain why it is a hidden elf village and you buy it because they have taken the time to make you understand that. Yeah. And this film, this film that is supposed to be a pleasant surprise. So it doesn't take any time to explain it to you, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. speaking yeah. of elves, uh, Je- Jesse Eisenberg, I think was underused <laughs> here. I mean, if he could have been, if he could have been like a neurotic side buddy to Joaquin. Speaking of else, Jesse Eisenberg. Am I right? (laughs) No, I agree. But he's also, I think this is 04. We didn't know who this was. He was just a kid. Right. Right. But he would have been great. If if he had been in that neurotic mode and trying to talk Joaquin from not leaving, don't leave, man. Come on. Don't don't do it. You're going to just do the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, Every Jesse Eisenberg character since. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, He could have totally, I I completely agree. And speaking of him, if you count him, Sigourney Weaver, Joaquin phoenix m night Shyamalan, adrian brody and william hurt they are all either oscar nominees or winners 
depending on which ones you're looking at. Mm. I mean, they this is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's the other disappointment for me is I feel like they were a huge deal thrown at not a huge deal. Like they, right. this should have been a bigger deal. And I know there's plenty of examples out there of movies with incredible cast where the movie just blows. Like, uh, uh, what's that Tom Hanks one? Bonfire of the Vanities was a piece oh, of shit. Oh, well, yeah, that's that's well known as like a yeah the massive disappointment. Ishtar, you know, I mean, you, there's the the right. the road to great movies is littered with the the skeletons of things like that. Right? Yeah, totally. So so yeah, like uh, you know. Mm-hmm. give me it, it, it's funny i wonder I, I don't know if this is true or not i just wonder if i would have liked this more if it was a bunch of unknowns faces i didn't know so or did, if you'd seen this... it in 2004 but hadn't seen the previous m night Shyamalan films Maybe. that's a that's a question i i would really like to i'd love to talk to somebody for whom that was the experience yeah that's right. a fair that's a fair question i mean yeah probably that's the problem with his thing is that yeah. once you've done it and then you do it again Mm-hmm. Then you're like, oh, here comes the pony. It knows one trick, and and that's trouble. <laughs> that's trouble, right? So I I don't I don't know, man. I do watch well, the witch I, though if you want to see a cool thing about the woods and not going in there. That's badass. Did it, did this mm. redeem William Hurt uh, from his previous Lost in Space sacking, or <laughs> is is this just pounding just, uh, on top of mm. one more one more? Uh, banana peel on the trail to <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like him i just don't know we haven't had good luck with him on film sack have we everything we've seen him in maybe it's only yeah. been these two but i don't see us yeah. watching something like the accidental tourist or broadcast news on film sack unfortunately no oh, nothing I've, I've never seen broadcast news i always hear it's great mm-hmm. that network i always hear network's great like these old network, network might be a good one for um film sack because enough time has passed to where there's some there's some things in there that it's a great movie um but there's some things in there that just might be kind of cornball in today's modern yeah. media yeah maybe society. but i also yeah. hear it's it currently a pretty good allegory for a lot of what's happening in the media right now so kind of I, yeah yeah i might i've never seen it so it's on my list of shame and i'd probably ought to at some point watch that but Anyway, uh, shame. <laughs> and I was, also, I, I just, just wanted to, one more final thing I want to say about the cameo by Shyamalan is it's his worst one. It's this reflection in a freaking uh, medical cabinet. It's shitty. Well, that that, that I kind of like. It's very that's so Hitchcock, right? Like, right. For sure. you have an innocuous place, and if you blink, you kind of miss that it's M Night Shyamalan, and like, oh, he was in that. Oh, that was him. And but you the know, way they it, played it, it up by only showing the back of his head, it was so purposeful it's it, like it um i will say this it kind of i forgot that that was him when i saw it it kind yeah. of took me out of the movie for a second because or not it took me out of the movie but it 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 um mcguffined me because i was thinking oh there's something about this guy i must have forgotten this but there's something about this guy it's we're going to turn around and it's going to be william hurt's twin brother or something there's, yeah. a, there's a reason yeah. we're, we're not seeing this guy's I had face. same exact I impression and i hadn't seen it before so i had very much that impression that's because yeah, that's yeah. how they filmed it it's like having a camera slowly creep up on you from the back and not know that when you turn around something bad's going to happen and, and, and Shyamalan right. Shyamalan has this whole thing on his uh, extras where he talks about placing himself in a film and he doesn't think he's a very good actor but he wanted to be an actor so much like he's he's been trying to make movies since he was a little kid and when he was a kid he had to both be director and actor and he doesn't feel like he could ever reach the 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 place where he could be 
good enough to be carrying a movie, but he still wants to be in the movie. So he does this thing and then he immediately regrets it. Mm. And, <laughs> and I'm like, you know, I kind of regret it too. I think that whole thing goes off better if Scott Johnson isn't thinking, oh, there's the director. Mm. Like, like you're spending the, the, the movie playing Where's Waldo? Where is Hitchcock going to appear? I mean, I was right. really mm-hmm. the way he did it. Mm-hmm. Dude, dude walking down the street uh, with a little dog or getting on a bus or... Yeah. The, the before and after uh, slim fast kind of picture, that sort of thing. Sure, like yeah, and, in and, uh, what's that? In the, the Minority Report, you get a brief shot of because uh, they did a, a network, they did a director swap in that where you got to see what's his name from Vanilla Sky, and then oh right, Vanilla right, Sky right, right. had a then, cameo from from Spielberg, and like right. I, I kind of I kind of am okay with those because they're brief, quick, get out of there. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't like where it's like, oh, every time, because I don't watch every uh, Spielberg movie and expect to see him in it, like yeah, ever. Right. Oh. So, so why distract me with that? Just don't be in it. Just don't do it. We don't need an Indian guy anyway, right now. Just, and maybe. <laughs> wow. It was, I'm just going to back away over here. What I mean by that is, <laughs> what I mean by that is, it makes him more distinct. I mean, like it or not, it does. It makes him, you look at him and you go, oh, that's yeah. not just somebody. That's the director because I know M. Night Shyamalan is of Indian descent and that's totally him. And like, it's impossible to not be distracted by it. It's got nothing to do with, well, it has everything so to do with race, but nothing to do with Unless race. he's working tech support, you're not buying it. <laughs> no, I don't mean that. I mean, don't even put him there. Don't put him anywhere. Like, just don't do not do it any more than I'd want to see. Like, George Lucas would be a terrible cameo because it's George Lucas with his with his his, his uh, uh, turtleneck up to his girdle, you know, like looking like how George you, Lucas. How deep are you going to dig this hole, Scott? No, for real. Like anybody who is. Should we send somebody in, or just let you keep going? Anybody who is anybody who is unique, uniquely themselves, like visually, don't right. put them in a cameo. It's bad. That. It's a bad idea. Yeah, because it, it you is, don't need, he's very you don't need Bryce Dallas Howard in a yellow outfit to get uh, to push Scott yeah. in the hole. This is why. This is why I am anti uh, Stan Lee cameos. I hate them. Because yeah, it's, yeah. I'm always looking. It's always going to be Stanley. It's never going to not look like him. It's it never going to not sound show, like him. It? Yeah, it stops it. Makes <sighs> no, you go, oh I, yeah, we're I in a movie feel, here. I feel like one of these days, it, I'm sad. I mean, I'm already sad for it. We're going to lose Stanley. And the mm-hmm, first right. Marvel movie that comes out after that, where we don't get a Stanley oh, cameo, totally, I'm going to be so totally CG in a Yeah, they'll CG they him they in will. there. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. also, don't forget, like he makes an appearance in Big Hero Six. This guy can just be drawn. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) that's true. But 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 yeah, it's the same. It's actually the exact same problem I have with him doing his own cameos and Stanley too much. It just takes Mm -hmm. you out. It's like, oh, yeah, you're making a movie. That's funny. (laughs) Like, I I don't know. I find it annoying. I don't like it. But before we go to quotes and I can't wait for the quotes because they're crazy. I I just want to talk real quick about the colors in the film, because I, I wonder if for you watching us the first time. If as the movie was going, you were noticing all of the missing colors and if you were starting to mm-hmm. attach colors to things or if it was just not done well enough. Mm. I don't know. The blue and the red thing never really sank in for me. I mean, I just was well, like... it was it was yellow and red and there, there was almost no blue in the film except in the sky. Oh, I thought they and... said blue. I thought somebody had some blue things that were protecting them and it was a good color. Am I mixing that up? Was it yellow no, that was, it was good? Yellow. Oh, yellow. all right. Yeah. That's fine. Why is red always bad? Come on, guys. 
Let's because let's, because it's, it's on the inside, right? Yeah. Yeah. You don't want it to be on the outside. You want to keep it on the inside. Yeah, but a uh, big goof. I read all the goofs before watching the movie this time, and I was like, "What? There's a kid dressed in red at the wedding." And then I went and looked. It's not that much red, but it is a goof. They do they do let a a kid wear a little stripe of red in the yeah. wedding shots. Mm. Yeah, but it's a red wedding. It all looked very yeah. cold and wet all the time, which I'm not. Yeah. I'm not a huge Pennsylvania. fan of. That. Yeah, the Pennsylvania. Pens- Pennsylvania yeah. fall sort of early winter stuff is not my favorite look, but I guess that's the <laughs> point. We just watched a movie about the Amish, right? Yeah. Is that what we just watched? Yeah. It was an Amish movie. Yeah. Here are the Mennonites. <laughs> here are the Amish, and here are the regular. Here are the only two security guards for 300 miles around. <laughs> Uh, right. Listen to what I wrote I mean, for my notes. Yeah, Normally, all it would take is one disgruntled employee, one disgruntled security guard employee, and the whole thing falls apart. Yeah, or or even just somebody who ha- wants to have a little bit of fun and likes to throw his Walkman over the wall every once in a while or something. Right. Like, well, they don't know about the people over there, but, but oh, that's true. You'd see yeah. some disgruntled employee be like, "I'm totally gonna hop over the fence and take a dump on the the." <laughs> The grounds of the preserve, animal preserve. Wait, there's people walking around in there. What's yep. going on? They're going to burn you like a witch because you've got a radio and they don't know what that is. They think you're some right. kind of creature. Blue from, jeans. Yeah, yeah, blue jeans. And stab medicine. Yeah. They need <laughs> I, to all be blind. Stab medicine. I, I am still a fan of this this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, the Especially because the movie starts with a lot of green. It's not yet autumn. Mm. And then autumn happens and everything starts getting more bleak looking and it gets bleaker and bleaker until uh you have your principal actress literally running through a bunch of trees that look dead and everything is completely brown and then she goes over a wall and the first thing you see is this bright green jeep and it it takes you back to that feeling from the beginning of the movie and i might be putting more symbolism in in than the movie you know intends you but <laughs> <laughs> sorry sorry please but, continue. <laughs> but it's a it's a visual medium and why not like mm-hmm. you know what i mean why not why not give some power to to that it's not like it was an accident of that these colors came no in and it's and it is one of the creepiest things the the woods to me are that's one of the problems i have or not problems but one of the things that scares the crap out of me with like blair witch you know the the feeling of that that uh confinement and these prickly pokey things that you're running through mm-hmm. and and uh mm-hmm. um that Bugs. that does freak me out yeah mm-hmm. like like those pennsylvania woods or uh up in New Jersey, we got we I walked through an area like that and just freaked me the hell out. So I could totally see that. I totally get that as being very very scary. To yeah, I, and, I agree. And she's and she's blind. Sure. So there's a whole other right. thing going there mm-hmm. where she she can't see what what. So you may as well not be seeing anything either. Yeah. So yeah. really, all the colors are taken away. Mm. And then when she finally meets somebody, you're back to color. You know, for you and mm-hmm. and you you have a sense of relief that she is now perceiving more like. Well, look at the yeah. upside. If she's running through that forest blind and she pokes her eye out, no real loss, right? It's fine. It's just- yeah. How could you? Right. How could you walk through that forest as a blind person and not just have your arm in front of your face to prevent a right. <laughs> a yeah. twig, a branch from going right into your eye? Yeah. I, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I don't know if I could do it either. All right. Now, before we get to clips, I want to I want to actually. This is unique because I usually have very thoughtful notes about a movie. And I want to read, these are each one line each separated by a space, so double-spaced uh, notes, 
and I want you guys to, to hear them because this will tell you exactly how I was feeling last night. Here we go. Hell of a cast. That's line number one. Mm-hmm. She looks like her director dad. Line number two. <laughs> the witch is a thousand times better than this movie, and it's spooky as shit in the woods. Nice. Then I went, I went, ugh. Then I went, poop movie. Then I went, also <laughs> his, also his worst cameo. Also, these people are crazy. Also, this movie is shit. Those are my notes. <laughs> well done. Yeah, pretty good, right? Wow. Yeah, pretty so, good. All right, that leads us to clips. Clips are here, and they are ready okay. for us to play, and they begin... With this. I am fond of it. Just kidding, not her. We've been her already. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't like bee noises, and here are some bee noises. They're flies, I guess, but I don't like them. Yeah, the, yeah. the fly noises were weird for me because they had this huge banquet outside like like two or three times a week, and no flies ever. Yeah. But you scan, you scan a little rabbit, and there's like infestation. Yeah, the worst fly <laughs> infestation of all time over one skin rabbit. You know what? I don't get that because that whole area is supposed to be a no-fly zone. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Ripley speaks. We do not believe our boundary has been breached. You know Those I mean. we don't speak of are much larger creatures than coyotes. We would know if they had been here. In the 1800s, nobody uses conjunctions or consonants. We all talk like data. Yeah. I will never shorten a word. I will always use all the, of the words. The word you were looking for is contraction. Oh, I meant contraction. And, I say consonant. And, I what I meant. Yeah, Shyamalan actually said that he went over the script multiple times to mm-hmm. make absolutely sure that there were no contractions in it. Yeah, I think that's mm-hmm. what everyone thinks is how you do it, but I don't I don't agree. All right, here you go. Here's some bad dialogue. The young man is unaware of your intentions. He has a quiet way. He has a quiet way. <laughs> <laughs> lame. Uh, lame. It's lame. Come on. It's lame. Uh, here's a, again. She's here's Greer again doing the cry thing. I think it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it's that bad. Makes me. It's yeah, not, that, I, it made me smile. It made me frown hard. I went upside down on my frown. Um, I, oh, I had, his frown hurts. I had what you had, but it was completely flipped around. All right, here's a crazy cry <laughs> sounds. Oh, these are just weird sounds she made, a couple of them, one of them. All right, there's that. Just start crying. Oh, here's uh, Brendan Gleeson doing his thing. I often wondered if you and my son bonded because neither of you was fond of speaking. You're very kind. Uh, it's nice to see his son doing so much cool work now, too. Uh, that mm. gives you doom hall gives you the uh, that oh, that's se- yeah. oh yeah wow he's great that sequence uh tries to give you the idea that there is more story that maybe didn't make it into the film and i'm just like whoa yeah that what if there's another 30 minutes of stuff yeah yeah, yeah. that's what i thought too uh, but he was underused as always because that guy's great and you should watch mm-hmm. in bruges if you never have because yeah and you should watch mr mercedes Oh, yeah, that's right. And that's on a channel I don't have. I got to figure out a way to get that. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, mm-hmm. the Stephen King uh, book that I read that I love. You read that too, right, Dunaway? Yes, I did. It's so fantastic. Non, Non-supernatural non King. Series. Just straight up like detective story. It's awesome. Can I can I give you right. my favorite, Brendan Gleeson? Yeah. Uh, it's a smaller, much smaller role than like in Bruges. Uh, Scorsese's uh, Gangs of New York. Oh yeah, he's great in that. Oh, that is good. Yeah. Yeah, you got to hire that dude. I've been for meaning those. to give. I've been meaning to give that a second chance. I watched it years ago, and I was like, eh, this is 
Oh, I love so, Gangs of New York. It's really good. I just feel like I need to give it a second chance. Yeah, really that's do. a good idea. I'll, listen, if you do that, I'll give the village another chance in about ten years. Okay. Wow. <laughs> here's some. Gib- I, I feel here, like that's generous. Here's some. Gi- here, <laughs> here's some gibberish for I don't know what reason. Here's gibberish. No cheating. What a deeply scandalous thing to say. I insist you take that back. Is that the school bell? Okay. There's no pausing. Man. <laughs> Uh, what is your meaning? What is your meaning? Okay, I'm going to use that all the time. So someone's boop. I don't know. <laughs> Be bob boop. What is your meaning? <laughs> um, what's this? I don't know what this is. There are secrets in every corner of this village. Oh, all right. Okay. Including that one outfit they keep under the floorboards. Yeah, I don't right. know what they're doing with it. Yeah, I yeah, think so, it's yeah. Actual. Why don't they keep that in the shed? Yeah, like how are they going to put that on and then walk out the front door to like act like they're coming from the, yeah. the woods? Right. Yeah. So we, I was inside the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> we're led to question whether Joaquin Phoenix's character knows more than he's letting on, he, and he's just a quiet, stoic person. Yeah, and where that really comes from is when he goes a few feet into the woods. He sees something. It doesn't scare him because he's not scared ever, but we don't know what he sees. And it might be that he knows the entire uh, secret that the elders have. It might be. I don't know. He, he hot hoofed it pretty quick back. It's like, it's like, he's like a child. It's like, I don't want to believe I'm not believing in this, but maybe I believe a little bit. But I'm, I, I still say like the movie didn't make it right. Like, the movie could have led us on farther because Joaquin mm. Phoenix ends up getting knocked out of the, of the story. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, he, and he's, he's unconscious. Mm-hmm. So we could have asked that question more and the movie just doesn't get to it quite right. Yeah, I agree. Do we all assume that he, that he lives. Do we all assume that? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause she came back with magic water and he's good now. No <laughs> way. I mean, no, he shouldn't live. Stabaway. That's the uh, market brand is uh, Stabaway. He shouldn't live. Really if you guys have played Resident Evil Seven, uh, the the healing liquid in that thing is literally you pull it out and pour it on your arm. That's what that reminded <laughs> me of. It was like, oh, the miracle cure for being axed to death is to pour a little miracle water <laughs> on your arm. Here's some bad dialogue for you. Sometimes we don't do things, yet others know we want to do things, so we don't do them. Oh my gosh, dude. Which is hysterical, because he's trying to quote what she said to him, and he gets it all wrong. But not hysterical. It's bad. It's very funny. Because he's not reading it from a script. He always has to read his lines from his notes. It's bad. It's bad. Here's a creepy way to say all that. My older sister is now spoken for. I'm now free to receive interest from anyone. Whoa. Easy there. <laughs> Receiving some interest. Interest. She's like a band. Say I've got a chance. Yeah. Would you like to make a deposit? I that's, like. That's my status <laughs> on Facebook, right? <laughs> Let me see your, what are those tubes called? Let me see your tube to, that I send my bank receipt through. What's that called? What are those a called? Colopian tube? No, the things with the, the, <laughs> the, the vacuum tubes. The, the vacuum. Uh, what are they called? Uh, Pneumatic. pneumatic pneumatic tubes i'd sure like to see pneumatic your pneumatic tubes. tubes was the joke i was trying to make didn't happen all right let me take off your deposit slip here is a <laughs> here is a heads a head mash i just recorded and this guy knocked his head on the thing that's all that was <laughs> okay here's a short hard laugh <laughs> all right that's fun <laughs> all right and then there's this <laughs> they did a lot of these wow that was Wow. wow! Yeah, weird, right? That's awesome. Yeah, sell those to Skrillex. Have them make a mashup. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Here's uh, I wrote intense. You have to be right this moment. Oh, yeah, that's her just freaking out. And then here's the slap. Oh. 
<laughs> Adrian Brody getting his first slap over the face. It's an easy face to slap. You're right, Dunaway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that it, that goes wa- the right up there. Happened. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I'm right up there with Tyrion slapping Joffrey on this one. It is really iconic. I mm-hmm. I don't even know among slaps in in TV and movies. I don't know what else goes in that category. I don't yeah, know. I like that's the... why I called it a face banking because it wasn't really a slap. A slap <laughs> is kind of like Pah! yeah. This is more like. Spanking. She was. She Baby was all Davis in. Getting slapped in uh, whatever happened to Baby Jane. I think is you know the only one uh, higher ranks higher. Than I like one. the one okay. at Strange Brew where Max found Sidehouse smacks that guy in the basement, gives him the three slaps back and forth. Uh, that was pretty uh, good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but none yeah. sounded like this. Isn't there a isn't there a uh, slap in like Casablanca or something? Or it's uh, Gone with the Wind. Oh, doesn't yeah. We Rhett used Butler. to all yeah, any yeah, any romantic movie is black and white. The ladies mm-hmm. want to get slapped. I mean, that's mm-hmm. going to happen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Calm down, woman. Yeah, you hysterical, You're hysterical. woman. Uh, too painful, not cannot bear it. What? Oh. It is yeah. too painful. I cannot bear it. <laughs> I love it. Wow. <laughs> I forgot I did that. Uh, what's this? Anyway, here you go. No, oh, it's her breathing again. All right. Uh, then there was this sound. Okay, well, listen to him one more time. Ugh, what's going on? What's I, happening there? Did you write down context? She was swallowing her. She was out freaking out in the woods, and I think it was just like a... <laughs> no. Swallowing or something. Just trying to swallow to get, gather up courage to go forward. I guess so. What does this person say? Here you go. Where is it? Where is he? Okay, I'm going to try that again. Let's see what she says. This is the lady who comes in and sees that the, the floor is opened up. Okay, so here you go. Where is it? Where is he? What? Where is he saying? I don't know what she's <laughs> saying. She's losing it. And that was like, Noah, okay. Noah's wearing the thing. <laughs> That's not what it is. It can't be that, no, can I it? think it's, it's where, it's I think she's time. asking, where is he? Okay, let's try it again. Oh, where is he? Okay, so she's like, what is this? Yeah, where, where is, is he? he? Okay. Yeah. But it's not the right way to do it, is all no. I'm getting at. That's terrible. All right. Always, every movie she's in, she reminds me of my Aunt Barb. Oh, no. <laughs> Aunt Barb. 100%. <laughs> all right. It's <laughs> enough of that. <laughs> We're going to uh, now jump straight into the film sack checklist. Oh, look at this. It goes a little like this. Stilted, terrible dialogue. Check. Two movies that have sucked the William Hurt in them. What? Oh, two movies in a row. Er, <laughs> sorry. Two film sack movies that have sucked with William Hurt in them. Check. And then finally, right. The Forest where Tim Burton goes to write poems. Check. All right. <laughs> uh, Star Trek stuff. Tommy Germanovich Jr. was a dancer in this, I th- guess, during the dance scene. Uh, mm. Played Foursquare in the 2009 nope. movie, which <laughs> okay. is weird. Uh, Joey Anaya uh, says, those we don't speak of, I guess it was one of those dudes, performed yeah. stunts in several episodes of Star Trek Enterprise, also First Contact and Nemesis. And then finally, Frank Collision. You need to have That's him on your insurance. Yeah. It's got to be a stuntman. Uh, Victor, and uh, he played Victor. And TNG played Gol Dolak in the episode oh. ends in row in 1991. So, okay, so he was a Cardassian. Yeah. And one of the early ones. They looked very lizardy in those early uh, TNG mm-hmm. introductory mm-hmm. days. Soundtrack rating, we give it a G for great. I thought it was really good. That's the best thing in the movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the critics agreed. Yeah. And we all seem to think we like it. So there you go. 
Uh, Twitter post, this is where you guys sum it up in 140 characters or less, at least for now. 280 coming. Uh, let's start with Randy. The Village. Proof that expectations can turn a perfectly good film into crap. Just kidding. It was the acting and the story that was crap. Just kidding. I loved it. Yeah. 20, <laughs> you must love it. 20 times in. You have to love yeah. it. That's, yeah. There's no yeah. way you don't love it. Also, Randy, sorry, Brian Dunaway. Randy again. The Village. Like Sigourney Weaver knitting a sweater for a xenomorph. Now that's a twist. And a hook. And a twist. Oh, look. I made a sweater. <laughs> Knitting humor. Nice. That's yes. good. All the I knitters out there. I totally got it. Yeah. I thought it was crochet, though. Yeah, the yeah. knitters out there yeah, are going to love not? that. We're going to sure. get emails from the Knitwit. crochet crowd. Uh, finally, Brian Ibbett. Well, I mean, I did a macrame thing, so I'm going to redo that right now. Mm. The Village. <laughs> Every village needs an idiot. And this one explains <laughs> the film about halfway through from his place behind a newspaper in a guard station. Nice. Nailed it. Also, I never thought of it, but he really was the village idiot. What's his name? Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, who's the village drunk? They didn't have one, did they? Oh yeah, no, yeah. Oh, what's his face? He lost his. Yeah. Well, what's his face? He lost his kid. He wasn't he about to uh, drink it up. Yeah. Uh, what does it take uh, to start to turn? It's, this is how it should. This is the line. What does it take to start to ruin M Night Shyamalan's career? It takes a village. <laughs> <laughs> ah, it's pretty good. All right. There you sp go. Speaking of dumb shit like that, let's uh, play this. <laughs> It, oh, whoops, wrong one. Jeez. Oh, we have a chicken uh, in the bucket. Yeah. Actually, do we have a chicken in the bucket? Who who is who qualifies for that in this? So uh well, Bryce Dallas Howard almost becomes the chicken in the bucket, but she claws her way out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and and also it's an M. Night Shyamalan film, and he's really particular about his characters. He doesn't do that. Like if he's got a character, he keeps showing it to you. Yeah. Uh I, I feel like maybe Jesse Eisenberg. But that's okay. only because we know him now. Yeah, I think uh, guard who who finds uh, Ivy is could be a kick chick in the bucket because yeah, yeah. what is he going to keep his mouth shut for the rest of his life, or is he going to go home that but, night and say, "Honey, you won't believe what happened today." Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he uh, he's just there. His jeep is just there, and so is the ladder at the very end. He's not even to be seen. Oh right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know what? Good call. That's a good one. Yeah. He just. Oh, he never. There. And we also never said what grossed Scott out the most. Is oh, there anything in this um, one? Oh, I had a. I, I wanted to make a guess. Okay. Um, just because there's something, there's something where uh, so she's out in the woods and she gets covered in mud and she starts freaking out and for whatever reason she's just suddenly just playing with it. Like it's not like she. You know what I'm saying? Like she's crying. There's tears streaming and she's just smearing the mud all over her cloak. And I, I don't know why I thought of that in a moment. I thought, I wonder if Scott's kind of grossed out not right grossed now. Grossed out. Kinda... I mean, I, I'm not one to rub mud on myself, but it didn't really gross me out because there's not, you know, it doesn't really have the sort of like, ooh, disgusting kind of factor going on. But probably the grossest thing for me, yeah, it's a hard one because the movie doesn't really feature a lot of this, but I'm going to mm -hmm. say the grossest yeah. thing for me was when Adrian Brody is half an inch from your face just kind of breathing. Yeah. And <laughs> spitting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, making it silly. Yeah, I don't like that. It's just like like when he stabbed him, and he's just kind of like dead face, like right there. It's like isn't isn't the potential smell of the skinned animals that all these kids are kind of hovering over? And yeah, that's true too. I but then again, those all look so fake to me. I didn't. Yeah, really concern me. Really, because I thought that was a very good representation of a. They looked. I mean, I guess I just. It's not that they looked bad. I just knew they were fake. You so, knew the kids weren't really smelling decaying flesh. No, those weren't real mm -hmm. animals. There's no way they can't do that. 
They're not allowed. <clears throat> Unless Peter they, would probably have an issue with that. Yeah, yeah seems like they somebody would get called on that. You can't <laughs> you can't film your village show in a place where nobody knows where you are and no one sees what you're doing. Like that's <laughs> right. doesn't work that way. Uh, alternate titles. I'm going to give it the spillage. I don't know why, just because it rhymed with village. Um, or uh, Howard Dunn fell down the well. Uh, here's your email for the Aww. week. Two emails, actually. We got these at filmsack at gmail.com. One from ba- uh, Rob, rather, who says... Bob. Pr- bar- Bob. He says, uh, pretty Man. sure that this was Damien Lewis's real voice in the movie, that British accent that we heard last week in the, uh, uh, the, the Dreamcatcher. He says he's one of the Brits that has an impeccable American accent. So he believes that us making mm-hmm. fun of that British thing was really his real voice. That's his real voice, yeah. And that he's normally faking the American one. Then why would, yeah, then a perfect example of people on their dumb notes on IMDb. Then he got that British accent by studying Roddy McDowell or sure. studying. But then, it, but, but then again, orange. maybe it actually lends more credence to it because the idea that he was, because he was just, I mean, nobody's natural accent is. Hello, I'm walking by now. <laughs> like he he obviously was affecting something a little nuttier, so who knows? Yeah. Yeah. Uh Phil Shafran wrote in, says, Hello, gentlemen. I highly recommend an awesome documentary I just watched called Score a Movie Music Documentary. I love the show. It provides me hours of quality entertainment while milking cows at night at a dairy farm for my night job. Thank you very much for your work. Sincerely, Phil. Well, Phil, now there's a twist. We're <laughs> we're happy to hear twisting that uh, cow nipple is what he's. That's mm-hmm. the twist. Uh, I've never heard of that. Score a movie music documentary. Sounds like mm-hmm. something Randy would really like for some reason because mm-hmm. you love them yeah. scores. Um, I've, I've I've heard of it. I I haven't made time for it yet. Let's see. It is available currently. Oh, this is reviewed very well. It came out this year. Ninety-two percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Looks like it is a. Uh, what makes a film score unforgettable? Um, it brings Hollywood's elite composers together to give views on privilege and a privileged look inside the musical challenges and creative secrecy of the world's most international music genre, the film score. I'd, I'd totally be into yeah. this. Cast is Moby, Randy Newman, Gary Marshall. Oh, really? Danny Elfman, oh. Hans Zimmer, James Cameron, Trent Reznor. Yeah, just I like just name a lot. name them all. Like uh, they're they're all in it. John Williams, Quincy Jones, everybody. Um, oh yeah, this is. I want to see this. This sounds great, especially after watching. I'm I, I'm going to say something that's going to surprise everybody. <laughs> the Hans Zimmer score in Blade Runner 2049 is incredible. It is. What? Yeah. It's so good. No, they didn't do Vangelis because I think he's dead. Okay, but they sure got inspiration from Vangelis from the yeah, original really thing. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's beautiful and it's haunting and it's harsh and it's amazing. Oh my gosh. It it evokes okay. enough of the original score to to really keep those tendrils connected to the first movie. Totally agree. Oh my gosh, it's so good. You guys got to go. Okay, all right. I I was <laughs> You should go uh, see I'm, it today, Randy. <laughs> okay. I'm I'm still coming down <laughs> off I'm I'm still coming down off the high of the Benjamin Walfish score from It. Mm. And so I'm like, I'm. I think I'm ready for something new. Yeah, so you'll love it. it. It's. I listened to it all day yesterday, which people think I'm crazy because it's. It's a very discordant sort of soundtrack, but it's. Oh, it's so good. Mm. Anyway, uh, that's gonna. That's gonna be it. Well, what's our film sack uh, movie there? Your next, next week. week <laughs> next week we are, as you said, we are watching Hellbound, Hellraiser Two. It's our spooky October. Woohoo! Pretty excited about this. We've seen the Sack-tober first one. October continues. Yep. Time to see the sequel to the. See the already film sacked original 
of Hellraiser. So that's happening next week. Be here for it. In the meantime, filmsack.com is our website. You can find that easily and comment on our blog and hang out and whatever. Find all the links you need. It's all right there. Filmsack at gmail.com is the email address to send your emails to. And if you can uh, muster it up, head on over to Twitter and follow us at Filmsack. That's going to do it for us, for me, for Brian, for Brian, and for Randy. Ah. We'll see you. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Yeah? No? Okay. All right. Ah. It's a slap sound. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. We did it, Brian. You have plenty of time for beer time now.